I don't know if you received the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you uh, are familiar with some of the super jumbo jets. Uh, the super jumbo jet is um, one of them is the, uh, the Airbus 380, and it's a massive airplane. It's a double-decker the whole way on top and underneath. can fit up to 850 passengers. It can travel for 20 hours uh, without stopping, and it, uh, it can travel uh, over 10,000 miles before refuel refueling. Now, it does carry 82,000 gallons of, of, of petroleum, of, you know, gas to the Ryan. Um, and here's the most amazing part. It's 1.2 million pounds in weight. 1.2 million pounds. To take off, it has to go at a minimum of 170 miles an hour. Imagine it, like, like 1.2 million pounds flying down at, one, at, at 170 miles an hour and then lifts off. It's amazing to watch. When you see it, it's like it just sort of hovers there. It's like an aircraft carrier in the air. It's like just this massive piece, 1.2 million pounds million pounds. It's surely a, a, a phenomenon. It's an amazing feat to be able to, to, um, to fly it. Um, but obviously, you know, he's got these two, he's got four uh, Rolls-Royce huge jet engines, uh, but it's all about air movement. It's all about the wind and the wings to capture it and hold it in the air. A reason why I bring that up is I, I think it's a great metaphor for the church. Because as I look at that airplane, I go like, that shouldn't be able to fly. 1.2 million pounds in, in the middle of the air. It just doesn't make, it defies logic. And I look at the church and I go like, with all the, all the foibles and all the weirdness we have in church, it's just amazing it still flies. Well, it doesn't, I mean, like when you think of it, like in the early days of the disciples, I mean, they walked with him for three years and they still didn't get him, still didn't understand him. Even 40 days of, of having him appear in the spirit, and they're still locked away in a room, afraid. You wonder, how did it ever start? And then you look at the, the Middle Ages and the craziness that happened in the Middle Ages and the, the corruption and the, the pitiful state of our church, and yet it still survived, still flew across the centuries. And then you look at just this last, in our lifetime, the, the sexual abuse scandal and the, the absolute mess, absolute mess, and yet the church still, still flies. There's only one way in which that can happen is, is the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not us as human beings that keep it afloat. It's the wind of the Holy Spirit that keeps it alive and, and, and flying through the centuries. Um, it's really amazing, uh, and, and, but we have to be humble enough to recognize that, and then we could sort of take a perspective and then marvel at the beauty of the church, just like we marvel at this super jumbo jet that flies through the air, that, that wow, there's something magnificent here, and it's not about us as individuals, but the Holy Spirit that animates us. 
Now, look, let's be honest as Catholics. We're a bit dubious about the Holy Spirit. Like, we're, like, we're okay with Jesus and God, but, like, you, we mentioned the Holy Spirit, and you all get a little squirmy. It's like, it's like, if I say, come on now, I'm going to call down the Holy Spirit upon you. I'm going to fill this place with the Holy Spirit. I, I pray that the... You're all going like, okay, he's finally lost it. <laughs> and that's the, the struggle is the Holy Spirit is a, is a, is a constitutive element of, of the church. Without it, we wouldn't have the church. Without it, we don't even have the Trinity. Like, the Trinity, it's, it's embedded in everything that we have and are. So, so the card is, that, then what are, what are we to do? Like, if the, church is anima- if the church is animated by the Holy Spirit, then we have to ask ourselves, are we animated by the Holy Spirit? I mean, are, are we going to allow the Holy Spirit into our lives, into our hearts, and set our hearts on fire? Because I don't know how else to be a disciple unless allowing that Holy Spirit to flow through us and to not just keep me alive, but keep us all alive, but to set our hearts on fire. Because you see, it's the Spirit that's going to give us the courage to be bold, to say something when it's necessary to speak up as a prophet. But it's also going to be the same Spirit that will keep us silent when it's time to listen and to care. It's the same Spirit that's going to give us the wisdom to figure out which one of those we are called to do at any one given time. But if we don't ask and allow Jesus to give us His Holy Spirit as He did His disciples, then we will be left orphaned. We won't be able to do the work. We won't be able to witness to the gift of God in our life because we have to allow this Holy Spirit. And I know that it it sounds almost too good to be true, but that's the gift that, that the Father promised us. And we say this in the Creed. We say this in the Creed that the, the, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. And this is what we do here, we hear in these readings today, is that the Spirit was given to Jesus, and He gives it and parts it to His disciples, and from that moment onwards, their fear was dissipated. That moment onwards, they went into the world and they proclaimed the gospel. They proclaimed the Jesus. And their hearts were on fire. And, and they spoke in different languages. They spoke and everyone heard in their own different languages. Extraordinary gifts of the Spirit. And it's that same Spirit that animates every single one of us here. And every single one of us have different gifts. And so we're called to discover those gifts and to use them for the good, not just of ourselves, but the good of the whole community. Now, what we do here when we come to the Eucharist is we come, and we, that's what we're asked for, the Holy Spirit to not only bless this bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, but to be, help us to become the body and the blood of Christ. We're inviting implicitly, when we come here, we're inviting the Holy Spirit to, to take our lives and, and do something alive in, in the days ahead. But we have to be willing to allow ourselves to, be, to not be afraid of it. And, and to go forward here to be witnesses and to proclaim what it is that the Lord is doing in our own life. So we need to come from here and go into our prayer lives and become men and women of prayer that will ask the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, renew my heart, make me new, make me something different. Like allow, allow that transformation to take place. Because the Holy Spirit has already promised to us, given to us. So all we have to do is cooperate with it. Uh, let me give you, like, uh, let me give you an example. Um, yesterday I gave this exact same homily here at the, at the five o'clock mass, and then and earlier in the morning we had graduation, and, and um, 
And then I had a, a dinner, a fundraising, or a fund a thanking people for dinner who've given to the STEM project over here. And it was a long day yesterday. At the end of that day, they had a party for the uh, eighth grader graduation. And so it was a raucous, and I wanted to go over, but I was tired after a full day, but I promised I'd go over. And, and so I did. And, and to my shock, they were all still there, parents and children, and late at night. And, and I went over, and the kids were just delighted to see me. And they were coming up, like this one kid came up to me, a small kid, and says, Father Brennan, can I give you a hug? And I said, sure. Well, he gave me a hug. I thought he was going to squeeze the life breath out of me. He just squeezed me so hard. And I was like, what is this like? And he goes, I just want you to know that you have changed my life. And I said, really? He says, yeah, that homily. And he mentioned the homily, the yellow that I in the morning. But he says, your homily, that is a movement of the Holy Spirit. But through him and allowing him the courage, that's hard for an eighth grader to say with all his friends hanging around him. That was bold. That was, that was, that was the Holy Spirit moving him. And he took, it allowed that to happen. It was also a gift to me after a long day when I was exhausted about ready to go collapse into bed that I got that boost from the Holy Spirit to say, yeah, no, no. You're doing okay. Now go to sleep. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying, my friends. We've got to allow this Holy Spirit to move us. We can't just settle for just coming to church and going home the same way. We can't. If we're going home the same way, something hasn't happened. And we have got in the way. We have to allow that Holy Spirit into our lives. We've received Jesus, and that's the gift of his love, and that's the gift of his grace, and he's going to share with us today. So let us receive the Holy Spirit today. Let us allow the Holy Spirit to come alive in our hearts. And let us renew the face of the earth. Let us renew the face of the earth by first renewing our own hearts and allowing that Spirit to flow and to do whatever she wants us to do.